0: in the zone all right this is episode one way
1: to the danger zone
0: danger zone please make that the end sure <laughs> <laughs> all right let's clap sync in three two one welcome back listener to the better than fiction bible podcast this is episode 104 and Coming to you today is not a full crew. We are uh, we are broken. The fellowship has been splintered again. Um, it's been a while, but um, our, our fearless leader Matt not here in Tupelo. Um, he is sick. So if you if you want to pray, uh, do a quick prayer for for his health. That'd be great. Even if you're listening to this in the future, go ahead and give a quick prayer for his health anyway. That would be much appreciated. So it's just just me and you, Nathan yeah and and just the two of us (laughs) you know you want to you're baiting me yeah it's uh (laughs)
1: uh we can make it if we try just the two okay yeah um hey so we are more productive when matt is here and that surprises me to say that because there's (laughs) because there's always the long pre-recording rambles and that usually like you know we'll have some epiphany or something like that but it's it's unstructured, right? And and lo and behold, yeah. we did worse at that
0: today. Uh, I think we 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 talked for two hours about fantasy novels and Japanese RPGs and video games. Like I I think that we talked it about was, video it was, games it, for two hours and then ten minutes about the content of this episode. It
1: was a pretty deep dive. Like it got nerdy even for me, and that's that's saying something.
0: Um, because middle well, Nathan, because middle um,
1: school was hard. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, you you know it's not hard. It's subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and I'm trying really hard in the coming episodes to put that at the put beginning, that yeah, at the beginning, because we had a revelation. Um, I don't know to all of you Spotify listeners. Uh, thank you, you're beautiful people. But they have the wrapped Spotify thing at the end of the year where they like tally up your totals of what songs you listen to and all this, and we find that generally the Spotify metrics are are reflection. Of our iTunes or Apple Podcast metrics, but they're just lesser. Like about a third of our audience is listening on Spotify, about, you know, somewhere around two thirds is listening on um, Apple Podcasts, and then a tiny percentage on these third party platforms. But Spotify revealed an ugly truth to us that we did not think was possible. And they told us that um, a little less than half of you, about 47% of you, who listen, are not subscribed, which I would not have thought that possible considering like how much of a meme we have made subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Like literally the, every episode ends with me trying to like do some kind of corny segue. And even despite that, half of you who are listening regularly, faithfully, are not subscribed. So please, I implore you, even if you consistently remember to listen for new episodes, it's not just about getting a notification every Tuesday morning. It's also about Algorithmically telling these platforms that this is good content. We heard just a few weeks ago about somebody who was recommended the podcast just purely based off the algorithm, you know, similar podcasts.
1: And uh, I would rather. So, at number one, anytime you par- tell people about the podcast, that is much appreciated. That's the primary way that it, uh, primary way that it spreads because we don't mm. really do any advertising uh, outside of getting introduced. as, hey, they do that weird podcast. But I'd rather. I'd rather y'all spread it word of mouth, because anytime I'm put on the spot to describe what the podcast is like, I feel like I sound crazy. Um, (laughs) I don't I don't aim for that, but I'm like, oh, we got to do biblical theology with ancient interpretation. And about 20 words after that, I'm like, yeah, I sound weird. And this person is never going to listen. So y'all do such a better job at telling people what this is about than I do. So carry on. Good people. Yeah. But also, and but also we, uh, like and subscribe.
0: Yeah, we like, we like it when you like and subscribe. We like it when you tell your friends. We like it when you're giving us uh, messages either of helpful criticism or encouragement on our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And we especially, probably the most high echelon of things that you can do for us is when you guys send us like fan letters or like even better gift baskets. Um, okay. okay. you really, you're...
1: really like those. This that was an intentional segue. That was not uh, shameless uh, pandering for for uh, for gift baskets. There is there is no trust anymore. is what this episode is about. Um, yeah, there there
0: was there has been treachery in the better than. Fiction and it, it crew. was
1: it wasn't me. Obviously, my hands are clean. Um, uh, Matt is, Matt is Matt is Matt is weird topics guy. Gandalf is the guy who produces. I am the good Christian on this show. Um, mm-hmm. so here's what happened. We were given a gift basket. Uh, by Jenny, we we referenced this, right? Yes, we talked uh, about it. Uh, and and Jenny gave us uh, some uh, like uh, journals, like Bible journals to journal in. Uh, she gave us some gift cards to Starbucks, and she gave us a bunch of Albany's gummy bears. I promised, Matt, that they would get their gummy bears. I mean, excuse me, that they would get their gift cards and their Bible journals. Eventually, I said, I make no guarantees on the Albany's gummy bears. Enter Gandalf's treachery. Go ahead.
0: Well, it, it didn't set right with me that the Albanese gummy bears were going to be for Nathan alone. So I was actually, I, w- I was going through uh, Corinth with my girlfriend on the way back to Tupelo. And I had a, a a devious idea of what if I stopped by First Baptist Corinth and just attempted to like lie my way into the building and like come up with some pretense of getting into Nathan's office and steal The gummy bears for myself and for matt Uh, I'll, I'll, i'll tie him into this even though he didn't he didn't consent to this plan so i totally did uh we drove up to first baptist corinth and i got out it was a friday which i knew nathan probably wouldn't be in the office on a friday and i tried to get into the building thankfully first baptist corinth your security it's it's top notch i was not allowed permission into the building i was not allowed to have access to nathan's nathan's office And furthermore, I was not allowed access to the gummy bears. Yeah, so now
1: now I'm shoveling them into my mouth so that if ever, (laughs) you know, you try to rehash this terrible plot, uh, there will be nothing to steal. This is so, this makes me think of the Grinch. Like, then he got an idea, an awful idea. He got a wonderful, awful idea.
0: (laughs) That big, like, curly smile he does, that was me. Like, trying to, like, lie my way into First Baptist Corinth. (laughs) You don't mean one.
1: (laughs) There it is um yeah so what are we doing today uh we don't know you, you're asking me we don't have matt
0: yeah we don't have matt and we, we we're trying to we've we kind of are loosely going to try and not advance the story whenever we're not all present because inevitably we end up talking about something where the missing person is like oh man i wish i could have contributed to that i don't so i don't instead, feel like we
1: advance the story much when everyone is present
0: i said it yeah. I said it. We we well, we did have a one, one word episode last week, so you know that's right. Hey, by this the week way, we're going to have a zero word episode. By by the way,
1: uh, Matt had a mutual preacher friend call me. He had a question about the Hebrew of Isaiah nine, and like I found this out in the conversation, but Matt told him in advance. He's like, "Oh, dude, you need to call Nathan about this." But just so you know in advance, he's going to give you a really long winded, winding answer. It's going to help illuminate your question, but just you no. Know, brace yourself for about 30 minutes of of talking about whatever it is. Like Matt said that, like my friend, my loyal friend. Um, at least he didn't try to steal my gummy bears, but but Matt said that and then the funny thing was, the funny thing was that phone conversation was 34 minutes. <laughs> That's so great. He was right. Ouch. <sighs> uh,
0: so, yeah, but what, th- listener, we we're we're not going to ad- we're not going to address the advancement of the story at all. So not only will you not get a chapter or a verse, or even a word. So, what are we getting today, Nathan? Yeah.
1: So, we wanted a standalone episode. It's getting close to Christmas, um, and so I, I, I just thought about. You know, we we talk a lot about, and this is such a big thing for me. We talk a lot about uh, as we've moved through Genesis, the fact that they were living the Exodus while they were reading Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, we, we you joke we say it a lot. You joke it, that, that, could, that you joke that that could be the podcast title.
0: Yeah, like we, we say, like the podcast could either be called uh, Always More, Not Less, or it could be called Living, the" or Reading Genesis While Living the Exodus. Bible podcast,
1: yeah. Um, Bible podcast. But, but that captures something. So often in the Bible, when we're reading something, we're reading it in light of something that it's either pointing forward or pointing back. Uh, again, space in the Bible is at a premium. I, I'm so convinced that there's no wasted space in the Bible. Like if this is inspired scripture, God gave us the Bible he wants to have, there's no wasted space. It means those genealogies and food laws and all the other stuff is serving a purpose, right?
0: Yeah, um, we, we've seen that. We've seen that even in uh, the so-called biblical flyover country. There, yeah. There's stuff there. Yeah, my, it's my, not there for no reason. My,
1: my big thing that I, I love to harp on, if, if you're listening and you, you're at a church that I've pastored, I love to say that the Bible is so much richer when we give a closer look to the things that we typically look over um, or look at the things we typically look over. Um, I, I just say that because it's such a recurring dynamic in the Bible that they use things you know or are experiencing or have experienced to talk about things that are fresh. And so uh, I thought we might fast forward to the New Testament in light of the Christmas season. Big. Um, uh, you know, we we joked that we wouldn't get back to Matthew until episode two hundred surprise one oh four. Here we are. Um, but it, it's interesting in the New Testament. Uh, you know, in Genesis we talk about reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. In a sense, um, when you get to the Gospels, it feels like you're reading the Exodus while you're talking about the life of Jesus. Okay. Um. So, like w- we've talked about how. Uh, we talked about this previously when we talked about the um genealogy in Matthew, right? Mhm, The genealogy of Matthew is broken into forty two generations. Matthew actually trims a couple of generations out to make the math fit, and that's okay. That's how genealogies work they're They're telling a story they're not just they're not just a list of names like i I recently said in a sermon, there's so many lists of names that we would never say that's just a list of names like if you go to the Vietnam war memorial in washington dc that has fifty thousand some odd names on it no one would say that's just a list of names right that's that's telling a story if you go to ellis island in new york and look for your ancestors and no one would say that's just a list of names
0: if you watch the credits at the end of a movie that's not just a list of names
1: oh i've never thought to use that example but that's so well said these are the people who built the world (laughs) Mm -hmm. right um yeah Absolutely, by the way, there's someone who's often listed in Hollywood's credits who is Nathan Van Horn and Spoiler Alert He's a different one. um it's not you, <laughs> it's not me. um oh. that's like I get asked if I'm related to Keith Van Horn, who played basketball for the Denver Nuggets, and I'm like, obviously we're related. You, have you seen me play basketball <laughs> um uh, but yeah, so you you get out of that um you get out of that genealogy and you get into the Christmas story proper, right? And it, and it's mm-hmm. and it starts to sound like a story you've heard before. So, telling you the story of Jesus. Here's this baby who was born, right? Yeah. Okay. And and what is the response to the king in the country, of of the king in this country when Jesus is born?
0: Uh, we gotta kill them babies. We gotta kill them.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's he's so eager to kill Jesus that he he more broadly like orders the death of all Jewish males two and under, right? Hmm. And suddenly Herod sounds like someone else we know.
0: Oh, it's Pharaoh. Yeah. It's Pharaoh. He's acting
1: like a Pharaoh. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. By the way, this is something you see, uh, I would argue, you see this even in the genealogy. Um, uh, notice that in the genealogy, things turn south at the second part of the, you know, by the end of the first section of the genealogy, you go from Abraham to David. From a people who weren't a people to a people who have a land and a kingdom and a king. Um, things take an ominous turn in the second half of the verse six. David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. Oh, right. Um, yep. And that, that I, I don't know if that's ESV. That's me quoting from memory. Um, let me pull it up in ESV since that's what we do. Uh, and um, And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Obviously, talking about Bathsheba, why not name Bathsheba, but because by calling her the wife of Uriah, you bring
0: that whole story to memory, right? Uh, Matthew wanted to make sure you you remembered that. This was not on the level. Uh, and, yeah, and, and you and you see
1: you see this seedbed of, sing, of things that'll of bear bad fruit in the second uh, genealogy, because David's story kind of took a turn once Bathsheba and that sin became. Uh, and that there, man, there's so much. If we ever get there to unpack, um, uh, but Solomon will inherit a united kingdom, peace from his enemies on all sides. He'll be blessed with wisdom and wealth. And yet, at the end of Solomon's reign, um, his heart is far from the Lord. He's got all these wives and concubines. And after him, the, the kingdom splits. Where does Solomon? Mm. Where does Solomon go wrong? Oh, you're asking me where? Yeah. Do do you remember the first thing that's recorded about Solomon's reign as king in 1 Kings 3? I don't remember. Even before he asked God for wisdom, the very first verse about Solomon's reign, check this out. Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Mm. Huge bombshell, right? Yeah. Uh, He took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord. And the wall around Jerusalem. We, we've talked about this briefly before. God takes His people out of Egypt. Solomon brings Egypt right into the heart of God's people. Like that's that's enormous. Uh,
0: it's amazing how often Egypt plays a role in these
1: things. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, you, you go you go farther into Solomon's reign. You'll see that he rezones the tax uh, rezones the Promised Land into taxation districts. In other words, he overturns the tribal boundaries that were appointed in the division of land under Joshua. Uh, You also find that Solomon conscripts labor for his building projects. More and more, he's acting less like a king and more and more like a pharaoh. Pharaoh, ding, ding, ding. Jesus is born and Herod acts like a pharaoh. So you're reading the story of Jesus, especially in Matthew's gospel, uh, Matthew's gospel account. And it sounds like it gets so much more depth and flavor if you're familiar with the story of the Exodus.
0: And right. I just realized that they flee to Egypt. The Holy family ironically flees to Egypt for safety. Like how we, we heard that before.
1: How, how? Yeah. This is a very old Testament thing. Good catch. Um, let's do, let's, let's trace that a little bit more. Um, uh, number one, by the way, ironically, um, we've talked about like the East West thing in the old Testament. These, these mm. magi who have gifts for the baby Jesus, where do they come from? From the East. From the East. What did they follow? Star. Star. I was talking about this with Matthew the other day. Um, really obscure piece of research. Um, there's there's a, a line of Jewish interpretation because um, they're trying to come up with why did God pick Abraham? And essentially for them, for some of them, it's because Abraham in a sense first picked God. Um, there's a tradition that Abraham discerned the existence of one God by considering the stars. Uh, in fact, mm. there's, there's a new, there's a scholar, her name's Annette Yushiko-Reed who wrote an article, Abraham, the Chaldean scientist, uh, that kind of, you know, explores that. Um, and think about the irony. You have these polytheistic magi from the East and they come to worship God made man. And how do they, how do they discern his existence? They're following a star. Yeah. It, it's harkening back to the Old Testament story. By the way, when God makes that pivotal promise to Abraham, I don't think it's strictly coincidental. Abraham, yeah, he
0: tells he tells him to look at the stars. Oh man, oh man! Uh, I'd never thought about that before.
1: Uh, there's so much there. I, we 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 usually Matt doesn't let me go full nerd. Um, <laughs>
0: well, Matt's not here. It's just us
1: now. <laughs> the chains are off. Uh Look further in Matthew's gospel. How how many times... Uh, so when you think about Jesus' teaching in the gospel of Matthew, what what comes to mind? Like parables, teachings, any, any particular blocks of teaching that you're familiar with? Uh, I'm thinking Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. The first time Jesus teaches extensively in the gospel of Matthew is chapters 5 through 7. That's the Sermon on the Mount. Why do we call it the Sermon on the Mount?
0: Because... Uh, that's He was on a mountain. Because he goes up on a mountain. Who, Which we've talked about the importance of oh, yes. elevated places. Yeah.
1: Before. Let's see if we can think of an Old Testament figure who goes up on a mountain to tell people how God wants them to live.
0: Mm. That sounds a little bit like
1: my boy Moses. Ding, ding, ding. Right? Uh, and by the way, we're on the cusp
0: of uh, Mount Moriah, Abraham and Isaac. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, That's a, a sacrifice that happens on a mountain. It will not be the last. But it, it,
1: it's, not, it's not coincidence that in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus goes up on the mountain, you know, M- Moses gives commandments. Jesus has these beatitudes, right? And right after mm-hmm. the beatitudes, he does the whole salt and light thing. And coming off of that, he says, think not that I came to abolish the law and the prophets. I didn't come to abolish them. I came to fulfill them. And then he's got verse upon verse interacting with the application of some of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. It, isn't that interesting? I, there's, there's almost
0: super interesting. There's yeah.
1: almost like a, and this is not original to me. Um, uh, one, one book on the sub. there's many books on the subject. One that comes to mind, I think is 1993, Dale Allison, uh, the new Moses. Um, uh, but there's a lot that has been said on this, but there's almost like an Exodus Moses template undergirding the presentation of Jesus. Um, so it's interesting. How many books is Moses associated with? Uh five. Five, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Do you want to take a wild guess how many blocks of teaching Jesus has in the Gospel of Matthew?
0: Is it is it I guess guessing it's
1: five. It's five. Uh isn't, isn't that interesting? Uh Matthew five through seven, Matthew 10, Matthew 13, Matthew 18, and Matthew 24 and 25. Um, I think that that is fascinating to me. By the way, how does how does Moses's life end? Let's go to Deuteronomy. How does uh, Moses? He, what's our last scene with Moses? He doesn't get to do what?
0: He doesn't get to go into the Promised Land. He watches them go from. Um, Even though technically he does get to go into
1: the Promised Land, he stands with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. How awesome! Um, oh yeah, uh, m- Moses makes a grand entrance and he affirms the Christ as the thing to which everyone was point, everything was pointing all along. Uh, um, but let's let's just pretend like we've only read as far as Deuteronomy. How does how does how does Moses' story seemingly end in the moment?
0: He he watches the Israel go into the Promised Land from a mountain.
1: Yeah. How does Matthew's gospel end?
0: Oh, where, where does Jesus. Where, where does
1: Jesus have the disciples meet him? On on the mountain, Dad <laughs> Like That's where big. where did that come from? And what does he tell them to do? Oh, he sends them out. Yeah. Go and make disciples of all nations, all nations. This is this is much like sending Joshua into the land, right?
0: Yeah. And it makes sense because uh, God promises Abraham that all all nations of the earth would be blessed. By the
1: way, what's Jesus's first public act uh, in in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew three? He gets what? Baptized. Baptized. So it starts with a baptism. What does he command his disciples to do?
0: Make disciple or make
1: disciples and baptize them. Yeah, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You hear any Old Testament in there? Can you think of Can you think of a journey that starts I, with passing through water and ends with passing through water?
0: I can. I can. I think of the uh, Israel's ex, exodus, the exodus from Egypt, right? Because they start that whole thing with going with the parting of the Red Sea, That's and then it. they do they do it again. With at the Jordan, that's right. Uh,
1: By the way, and and to me, this sheds light on I I never understood for years and years about uh, why Jesus had to get baptized. Like Jesus, we we associate rightly baptism with the forgiveness of sins, correct? Yes. Um, But Jesus didn't have any sins to forgive, and yet when Jesus goes to get baptized in Matthew's gospel, he says this is necessary in order to fulfill all righteousness. What could he possibly mean? It means that Jesus is know that God. Jesus knows that God's people are people who pass through the waters. And hmm. uh, just it makes so much sense when you see that broader Exodus Moses undercurrent undergirding a lot of that, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. By the way, by the way, after Jesus' baptism, where does he go? Pretend you're reading the Old Testament. Into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh my goodness!
1: What what did what did the Israelites complain about in the wilderness over and over again? The, their food, right? So what does yep. Jesus voluntarily do? He fasts for forty days and forty nights, corresponding with the forty years in the wilderness. And he's, and he's tempted with food. He's ding ding ding. You got it. Uh, Man, by the, live on bread alone. By the way, how interesting! What was Moses' disobedience in the um, in the wilderness? He, you remember what he did that kept him out of the promised land? Yeah, he wailed on the he wailed he, on the rock. He wailed on the rock. He he hit on the rock that God had told him to speak to. Yeah, he no- he went goblin mode on that rock. <laughs> Notice how Jesus responds to the temptation from the devil: "Turn these stones into bread." What does he say? It says, "Man does not live on bread alone." Instead, what does he live on? On every he lives word, on
0: word. Oh man, every
1: word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God.
0: I can't believe I I can't believe I've never seen this before. It sounds so obvious.
1: Yeah. Not only does he not say it, not only does he not capitulate to the devil's temptation, he also sells shows himself to be faithful where those before him failed to be. And that's not me seeking to put down on Moses. Good gracious. Moses is such a key figure in the life of faith. But our, our hope is ultimately in the one guy who never got any part of it wrong. Um, yeah. But you would not appreciate how right he got it. You would not under, you would not appreciate, to quote Jesus, him fulfilling all righteousness if you're not in tune with the story that leads up to that.
0: Yeah. If you if you're if you're someone familiar with the Exodus and that's what you've been reading pre New Testament, that's what you see in this. It's got to be right. You see him succeeding where Moses failed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I, I I do love Moses being on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Moses is not excluded from sharing in in, sharing in the joy of that, right? Moses, Mm -hmm. Moses says, "Hey, I'm I'm a witness to this guy." Um, uh, I I love that. Um, I
0: love your observation that he did he did make it to the promised land. Yeah, he did, and that's not original
1: to me either. I I don't think I've said anything in this episode that's original to me. Um, there's so much stuff on this. There's
0: nothing new under the sun.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, People have been interpreting the Bible for a long time. I, I do think we get. I do think it enriches the Bible when we see how they told these stories. Um, I, again, this all leads up to when is Jesus crucified?
0: I mean, during Passover or at night? What are we talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's crucified when the Passover lamb would have been, right? Uh, oh yeah, okay. And 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 his last, what we call the Last Supper with his disciples, was in the context of what. A Passover meal. A
0: Passover meal.
1: Who who led the first one of those? Moses. Moses did. Uh, there's there's so much uh, in the in the first Passover. You have the liberation of one nation by the death of Pharaoh's son. In the ultimate Passover, you have the liberation of all the nations by the death of God's son. Like mm. that's that's Christmas, right? I, I, and by the yeah. way, we could go so much deeper on some of this stuff but I'm, I'm reacting against Matt ta- calling me long-winded. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, again, I just I thought it would be neat since we're doing a standalone episode. You can do this with literally any book in the New Testament. There's there's so much. Um, oop, I got weird away from the mic for a second there, so I might have sounded quiet. You can do this with any book in the New Testament. Um, th- there's a deep dive to be done. But the New Testament is enriched when you see it as uh, the fulfillment of the Old Testament story, because the Old Testament story is so carefully woven into the fabric of how they're talking about what they're talking about. Mm. So I thought that would be neat during the Christmas season to talk about that a little bit.
0: That's so interesting. Like the I said earlier in this episode, but it, it seems so weird. Like now that I've heard you say it, it seems so obvious to me.
1: But And that's that's very comforting to me. I, I, uh, Richard Hayes is a Methodist scholar. He talks about the criterion of satisfaction and and talking about some of this stuff. Uh, and when, when I t- when I when I consider new aspects of this, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to consult the history of interpretation. When when some of this stuff weaves together, and I have two sensations back to back, if I say, "Oh my gosh, that really illuminates the text," and why didn't I think of that before? That's usually a good indicator that you're on to something that's there. Um, in other mm. words, it it feels like it should have been
0: obvious all along, even if it wasn't. Um, and I guess to the original readers of the New Testament, it was obvious. Well, I, I, so I,
1: I don't think I don't think everyone was reading at the same level of competency, um, and that's that's something that New Testament writers uh, discuss. Uh, Christopher Stanley uh, has a, a taxonomy for that. I, I won't chase that rabbit today, but but I, I do think, man. We're seeing in the New Testament an even more layered version of of the same phenomenon we keep discussing in the Old Testament. Genesis makes more sense, especially some details that seem like they're presented anachronistically or out of sequence. You have to remember that they're living the Exodus when they're hearing Genesis for the first time. And when you're reading the New Testament, you're not reading this standalone plan B. You're reading the fulfillment of what you've read before, and it makes so much more sense of what you're reading if you read it in light of what you've already read.
0: Uh, I am so trained now when I when I read my Bible, I'm trained to look for mountains, water, and meals. That's, that's awesome, like, dude. Uh, that's like the thing I'm focused in on. It's like, oh, what does that mean? They ate. Someone fed someone else a meal. What does this mean? <laughs> well, there, there's more,
1: but I'll cut it for the sake of time because I can't have a really long episode uh, with just me and you uh, and not Matt.
0: Well, Nathan, I hate to say it, but... Like I said last week, you, you you are now a part of the longest episode, the 36 minute episode. No, there's longer than that. In. We've got longer than that. Okay, never mind. I'll I'll let you off the hook then, okay. and uh, we'll wrap. We've hit 30 minutes, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And I'll do it, do it as a reminder again. If you have managed to listen to 30 minutes of us talking in this manner, then please, won't you consider subscribing? Again, it's not just for your benefit when you're getting a notification every Tuesday morning with a new episode hopefully with all three of us together, but you're also telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content and the algorithm will take worthwhile content and it will give it to someone else who's listening to something similar, or perhaps looking for something that discusses the Bible like this. So it really is a big help, not just for you, but for potential future listeners. Again, you can contact us on our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com, and even better for the highest echelon of fans. We love getting um, both gift gift baskets you guys send us, and messages that you guys um, send to us, whether it's criticism or encouragement, we love it all. And until then, don't trust your so-called together. friends with your Albanese gummy bears. That's all I'm saying. I, pro- I pro- you know what, Nathan, I hereby promise that if it's sent to you, you you'll you'll take it. I, I, I will put <laughs> my thievery behind me. Go and send them. No not more. try Not. <laughs> I will. I will pass through the water and I will put it behind. There you. it is. Well played. <laughs> but um, next week we'll be back with another. Uh, I don't know what to call it. It's not. It's. It's. We're. We're. In, we're going to inch forward once more in the biblical narrative. But until then, you guys have a great week. We'll see you back here next Tuesday morning. And uh, Matt would say,
1: "See you next time." And for myself, shalom.